0: The Sports Career Podcast, episode 267. What skills do you need to be a national football head coach? Hello Sports Achiever and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show, leave an honest review and rating because as always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career as a national football coach. I hope today's episode can support you with regards to your interests, needs, but most importantly with regards to your sports career development. Mm. Now, getting back to today's episode, this week's special guest is Fritzi Kromp. Fritzi is a national football coach for the under 17 women German team. And in this podcast, we're going to dig deep with regards to what it takes to be a head coach. So, for that reason, it's such a joy to have Fritzi as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Fritzi will share her football career journey and explain to you the core skills you need if you aspire to be a national football coach see it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please you share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start?
1: Thank you very much, Ed. Thanks for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here with you. I'm very looking forward uh, to speaking to you in the next minutes.
0: Awesome. So, can you just share to listeners your football journey? Like, you're in this industry from a coach perspective, but could you just paint the picture? When did you get involved in football from a young age? And how are you coaching the under-17s in Germany?
1: Oh, yeah, thanks. That's a long road. So, <laughs> to be honest, I'm football addi- addicted um, since I'm five or six years old. No, maybe er- m- much earlier. And then I, I started to-, to play football with the- with boys in-, in the club at home. And, um, yeah, I was f- football addicted in the age of of, of uh, 10 and 12 i started to to go to the club with uh, better boys in, in my around my home and then i i had to to switch to to girls to play with girls in this age i was about 15 16 and i had a bad injury in the age of 15, uh, 18 19 and due to the injury i had to switch and i was football addicted um, every every single day and I, I I can't imagine being without football so there was a time when I had to switch my plans and I had to realize that I can't be uh, can't, can't be on the pitch every day and that was the the moment when I started to thinking about being a coach and this, that was in the age of 18 19 yeah around around this age yeah and um, then I, I began a, a coaching career so never expected to be a, a national coach in the age of uh, yeah, 28, I, I started as an assistant coach, yeah, but it was a road, uh, yeah, everything came by accident, so I, I started to uh, study sports sciences in, in Munich, um, and uh, I had a lot of time um, besides, so I, I was involved in the Bavarian Soccer Association um, as an assistant coach, as a training camp coach for, for um, small kids and for, uh, for students. And then I, I decided to, to keep, keep that. And uh, yeah, it was, was a, was a, it was a great journey. I had a lot of people who supported me and say, go for this uh, license course, go for this license course and uh, gave me a responsibility to, to coach girls and boys. And yeah, then I was 26 when I did my pro, pro license. And that was the beginning to to start into the DFB um, national coaching staff. I um, was assistant coach now for seven years for the under-17 girls. And now for two years, more than two years, I'm, I'm responsible for the under-17 um, girls as a head coach. Yeah, that was my my, my road in in a few words.
0: <laughs> more than a few words. This is an awesome reply. I need to go back in time. When you had that injury, if that's okay, um, like was your aspirations was to be a pro footballer right was that the the goal when you were 18 19 before that big injury
1: I thought so yeah yeah to be honest I I was talented um uh, of course but but not that much so and in this age 18 18 around you're thinking what what is the what is future bringing for you what is your um what is your aim in your life what are you going to to do what are you studying and um yeah i was talented uh, of course but but not that much so that was the moment when i was thinking about is it um is it the right way to to go back on the pitch and maybe if i get a second injury i had a really bad injury i broke my ankle joint and um i wanted to study sport sciences and uh i had to risk that because in sport sciences you have to do a lot of uh, um uh, uh, things on on the field and in different sports and uh, that was the moment when I decided okay you're not so talented to to risk that uh, maybe you have more talent in coaching more talent to uh, to take respons- responsibility for others and to be in the, in the front so that was the moment when I switched thinking and and there was a good decision I think <laughs>
0: more than a good decision i want to talk about this decision this one decision because a lot of people because you hit a setback people go as you say what's next? can you remember exactly from that decision when you committed going right i'm gonna be a coach because i remember doing that with my podcast i went i'm gonna be a podcaster and we're all gonna make it happen when you made that switch did you put a plan in place did you um make a sort of goal for yourself Uh, because I think this will help the listeners with any decision they have with their career with a pivot or a different direction they need to go I hope that makes sense
1: yeah for sure I know what you mean it was definitely a, a setback and it changed everything um but to be honest there there was no moment um like like a big moment that I when I said now I'm going to be a coach not at all I tried to go back on the pitch. I tried to uh, work for my comeback and I think it was more than two years. I, I, I was struggling. I, I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, I was 19 years old, so and, and I had so much fun on the, on the pitch, being a player, being in a team uh, with my teammates. I wanted to be back on the pitch, definitely. And um, I think it was more than two years, this uh, uh, around two years when when I was struggling. I was struggling being back on the pitch, being back as a player, and at the same time, I had the um, experience as a coach, and in this time, something switched. Something changed in my mind, but it wasn't this moment when I said, "Now I'm a coach. I, I have a big uh, game plan, and I-, I go for that." And I- I'm going to be the next national coach. No, not at all. I I, I have to I have to be honest. So I, I had no no plan what what this um, what this was uh, going for. So um, it was a development over. Two or three years and i started to be a coach i, I then i i reflected and uh, saw oh cool being a coach is also being on the pitch it's a different role of course um it's completely different um but maybe you can give and give a lift for that and and go for that and um after two or three years i decided okay I won't come back as a, as a player. I start now being a coach. I'm going for my study studies and we will see what will be next.
0: <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you did sports science. Did that come into the frame when you were having that coaching mentality going, actually, sports science is going to add value to being a coach? Um, I'm just intrigued what inspired you to study that topic that supported your coaching
1: yeah, to be honest, uh, it wasn't uh, my first study subject. I started to to study uh, economics at uh, Munich. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's strange. But um, the reason was I knew my... I, I live for for sports. I live for, for, for being a coach. I knew in this age as well. But um, I knew sports science is uh, a science... Yeah, a nice science, nice to have, but you you have the great opportunities in the in the future with that. And I had no idea that I, I will live as a coach and and can live for that. Um, that was the reason why I started to study economics, but only I did it for not really two years, one and a half. And and this um, time I, just, I I felt that that's not perfect thing for me. I go for sports sciences. And um, that was the reason when I, I switched. Um, and and that's, that was for me also the moment when I realized, okay, um, besides sports sciences, I have a lot of time for working on me as a coach. Besides economics, you don't have any time. You have to learn the whole day doing poor, great exams and uh, have to struggle a lot. And um, that was that was a good experience for me when I, I saw, okay, the economics thing is not mine. And I, I switched to, to sports science and, and can also be done um, more on the pitch.
0: From a sports science perspective, out of interest, was it the physiology or psychology that you found interesting that supported you as a coach? I'm really intrigued in that point for any sports scientists
1: listening in. Both. Uh, definitely both. Uh, Cause need <laughs> definitely both uh, for being a, a good player. And, um, the sports uh, psychology is very, very important perspective now for my players as well. Yeah, in the higher level, it's it's all about the the brain and all about your your mental stability. So for this reason, I would say definitely both.
0: Well, that's our today's podcast topic with regards to mental stability. But oh, oh, before we talk about that. I do want to talk about your coaching philosophy because I have had quite a few coaches in my show and I know you're with the national team, but they, they sort of said that coaching is still coaching. It doesn't matter if it's with a seven-year-old to a 27-year-old, coaching is, is the skill. May I ask how you've built your coaching skill or developed your coaching strategy, particularly from the last seven years with the German national team? Like, How have you built your philosophy over time?
1: That's a good question. That's not so easy, to be honest. I mean um if you're a coach you're living 24/7 football <laughs> all day all night so um there's no no break no no day without football so um so you are development your development never stops and you're going move, moving on every day um and the best thing is for for me as a coach to be in exchange with other coaches um, with other players with former players and asking them what, what, what's your opinion about this time? What, what is your coach now? What do you think is, uh, helps you? What would be better uh, to reflect, to reflect everything um, in best case every day. So for me, it's been a good experience to be in different roles, definitely, um, being head coach for under-12 uh, girls, under-13 boys, uh, under-15 boys from Bayern Munich. Uh, so I had a good um, level on the on the boys' side as well. To be in assistant roles as well, I've, I've been in, in a lot of assistant roles with um, good and, and very experienced uh, man coaches uh, over, over 15 years now. And then I have been assistant coach for the under-17 girls. And this role was very cool for me because I could experience a lot and uh, just not really lean back and watch, but, but you, have, you, you haven't been in the first role, so it's much easier living in the second role and much more comfortable, so you can, can reflect everything, you can yeah observe everything and reflect And for you and thinking about why is this good. You see so much good teams, you see Spain, we have, we have so, so good experience uh, against Spain and you see the team, you see the coach. And you see, wow, they are—they are so good. And, and you are reflecting: why are they good? What are they doing? How is the coaching? And that's the reason why I'm so happy about these different roles. Because uh, for now, over 18 years, I'm a, I'm working as a coach, but always in different roles, different ages, different age groups, uh, boys and girls. And uh, that's the reason so now I'm I'm ready for being a head coach. But I never stop learning, so I stop. Uh, it would be would be a bad mistake if I say I stop learning now. I'm a head coach. I know everything, so um, I'm still learning and still working on my philosophy, working on my leadership, working on my on my daily business, on my structure. Um, so you you're you not you're not allowed to stop and and think you you made it now and uh, lean back and say everything is is fine and I I know how it works there.
0: Yeah. yeah, keeping grounded. I love that. And just from a skill set perspective, you mentioned it already. But how important as a coach is sort of observation and listening? Like they're the two skills I mentioned. But if there's any more, please add. But what skills have you developed with regards to that observation and listening during your coaching career?
1: These two points are, are so are crucial for me, observation and listening. So um even as a head coach, especially as a head coach, you have to observe everything and 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 listen to your players, listen to your staff, listen to your assistant coaches and and especially listen to, to different people outside of the box. So outside of the, of the game and of your inner circle, um, that's very crucial for me. So I'm working with a coach, like coaching the coach for more than five years. Very important for me to reflect, to, to improve my, uh, my leadership and everything on that. Um, and listen, listen is such a important thing for us coaches. I mean, me as a coach every every coach uh, is is talking a lot and uh, likes uh, <laughs> listen to to his own voice and so uh, that's the reason why you so often have to uh, realize lean back and listen just listen observe and reflect and and don't talk the, the whole day uh, if you are talking too much you can't learn um, you can't learn uh, so much so that's a very these points are very very important for me uh.
0: And with the also making decisions, because I bet that's an important factor, because of a head coach, you've got your coaches, all your your assistant coaches, you've got the players' perspective. I assume you've got data analytics as well with all the like data after a game. How do you consume all that information and then for the next game make a clear game plan for the next game? Uh, but please filter some of the stuff if you can't give me behind the scenes. But I think what I'm more curious of is how you manage a good decision with all that information going your end. To make a better decision moving forward to the team, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and what I mean, to be honest, um, we don't make every day good decisions. We we have to uh, make decisions every single day, every single minute. And I love uh, decision making. I think I would say I'm I'm good in that. It's one of my strengths. Um, but for sure, i I make mistakes. It's it's not that easy to to as you say. There's so many influence and and so many um culture around around our staff and our team to to reflect and to get the girls on the get them on focus and uh do the right decisions concerning that i try to do my best every day but it's about reflection and um, if you do mistakes to, to be honest and say okay that was wrong um keep uh, try to do it better now and and keep moving forward and yeah? that's how how i do uh try to handle that yeah
0: You've mentioned it just then, but again, from a self-reflection period, how long do you give yourself to reflect it, move on, make the next decision? I'm just curious on that. Just for any coaches who, let's say, have a run of games and they've lost three games in a row, and they could be mm-hmm. made a lot of decisions because then it builds bad momentum, yeah. right? And you have got to, as they say in golf, kill the rot, you know, to, to move on. May I ask, like, how do you move on when you have that bad? patch of games or made bad patch of decisions. Um I'm just curious.
1: That's that's very important Ed, and the question is very good because um sometimes you can to you can overthink everything and you get lost in that. So and that's not a, a good attitude for a coach. So you have to move on and say okay that was a mistake and now I, I go for it. I, I, I keep moving forward. Um, I heard about the 24 hour rule I, I, I'm not sure if you ever heard it. Yeah, um, it's 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 very simple, but it's so clear and so cool. So uh, I I was listening to a coach who said 24 hours. It's okay for every everyone in the staff in the in the team to be sad after bad bad game or uh, yeah set back, something like that. But after 24 hours, we have to coo- uh, uh, get focused, keep moving forward, um, and, go, and going going on and that's good for us as coaches as well I think so one night is all right so and then you have to to, to go on move on so uh, and get the chance to to do it better on the on the next day I think that's a very very um, simple rule but a good rule for 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 the daily business yeah
0: I love that I think that's fantastic I have used something sort of similar when I've had a really bad moment I give myself five minutes to air out my frustration and then I walk out the door because it's physical and then I've left a different room I do so very similar but but is that the same sorry I'm going deep now because I find this fascinating because I think when I watch all types of coaches particularly the NFL actually they have such big squads and then they have to pick the final squads for the season Mm -hmm. is it the same when picking your squads because it's always tough to drop a player or sub a player you know what I mean like is that the same process as well
1: it's similar. It's not really the same, but it's very similar. And what you you, you mentioned helps a lot. Um, make the decision, go out. I I love uh, going for a run, uh, do a yoga session to to get clear in my mind. Uh, that helps a lot. Doing something physical, in in, in best case, and getting fresh air around my my uh, my head. Um, concerning final team, uh, the squad, it's it's a bit different because. Yeah, very heavy for the for the single girl, you know, when you make one decision, which means she's out of the squad, you know, that's destroying, that's very, very tough for her. I, I know my experience as a player, I was always on the on the edge. I was sometimes I was in the squad, sometimes I was um, below the the deadline. So that's the reason why I still feel a lot with these girls, especially and you're thinking a lot about the of them and you try to reflect and and try to yeah to to bring the message as as comfortable as it possible but it's not that easy so that's uh, that's a special point where i I would say it's not that easy to to get into five minutes okay with that sometimes i have two or three nights to, to sleep about that and and get okay with that but uh yeah in the end of the day it's it's part of the game yeah to to yeah to to get setbacks and to get highlights and that's 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 life yeah that's that's not only a football career it's that's that's a true life so we have you have to struggle you have to handle it you have to keep on move on and yeah that's what they have to learn and and me as well have I have to learn and deal with that every day yeah
0: absolutely I'm going to dig even deep because this Fascinating. I'd love to talk about um, percentages now with regards to coach, percentages of management of players, which you've just mentioned there, you have to communicate that, right? And then the actual tactical side of the squad and a team, like what would you put as a percentage of each? Because I bet a head coach has had to have like that two mindset, strategy for winning a game and then management of players to make sure they perform to their best ability and they feel like had that team cohesion. There's a lot of juggling balls as a coach. That's why I'm curious about it. So i just love your balance of how you, you know, how you show up each day of, you know, that tactical side, but also management side of players. I'm just curious.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's a very good question, Ed, because it's not that easy to say it's 45% uh, percent and, and, and so on. Um, Cause it's different. You have to, make a difference in between club coach national coach and then of course in concerning the age yeah, the age group so under 17 age is um, very, very curious uh, and, and tensional because there's so many things in their environment which they are struggling with and they have to deal with uh, school and um, club club uh, situation, a family situation. Um, sometimes they leave their the, the house very early, their family, the, the um, surroundings. Because um, in my team, I have very, very good um, inner circle. I have uh, two assistant coaches, uh, uh, keeper's coach, and analysis uh, co- coaching and uh, a- athletics coach. And these five guys are around me and um, build my inner circle and uh, especially my two assistant coaches are responsible as as me as well for for the tactical stuff um and, and they, i can give a lot of for them and and say keep keep going with them uh, get in into deep talk with the girls and go in analysis and so on so that's the reason why i would say i am um, it's half half for me as a head coach sometimes it's more the development and the management it's even more than the tactical stuff. Uh, depends on um, the situation where we are. When we are in a in a tournament, of course, it's more tactical and and the management. It's it's never it's never less than forty percent, I would say. But sometimes the management is about seventy percent. Sometimes forty in between. Depends on the situation. Yeah, um, but of course I have a big staff for 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 handle everything and especially my inner circle my two assistant coaches uh, which are both uh, very very cool former players uh, they um you know you know them both yeah julia uh, <laughs> you, you she was in your show right uh,
0: absolutely yeah no she was awesome that like had the privilege of talking to her about her professional career and now she's yes. transitioned into the coaching world so yeah it was a pleasure to have her on but how like how important is it to have us uh, that inner circle like any young coaches who want to understand, you know, when building their journey, like it's, you don't have to, it's not on your own. You do build in that inner circle is so important. Could you just share a bit on that just to give that awareness to any young coaches who want to follow this path?
1: For young coaches, I can get two advices. Advice number one is don't be too early in a, in a, in a head coach position because you have tried to learn, learn from others, get uh, different perspectives, um, being on different roles, be a, try to, to make your experience as a assistant coach. Um, doing study wizards, I love doing study wizards. Um, just go to other clubs, to other coaches, um, and and watch them working, talk to them, uh, getting an exchange to the players, to the to the to the staff. And advice number two concerning your uh, question is um, being on a on a head coach position. It's so important when when you are the head coach. Don't think you it's a one-man show. It's never it's never good. It's, if it's a one-man show, it can't be good, because um, there are so many people you have to um, you have to uh, um, lead. And um, we have a staff about 20 20 people. We have a girls a team about 25 girls. So there are so many um, single people you have to lead. You have to trust in your inner circle the inner circle is so important for me as a coach you need people in your inner circle who um, are able to to work with you on a on a um base that they are they know how to oh boy i try to say it again it's so different it's so it's so it's so challenging doing this in english I'm, I'm, but it's a good it's a good um
0: Hey, I'm getting out of your comfort zone. So I know what you're saying, let me, I'll jump in. Um, I think what I'm seeing for your body language and communication, it's a personal level of trust and the performance level of trust. Like, I assume that's what you're trying to say. So having your inner circle support you as a human being where it's, you know, Fritzy the human being or Fritzie the head coach, is that, is that what you're saying? So it's finding that communication balance of trust Anyway, carry on.
1: Yes, absolutely, and and it's yeah, and it's more than that. Yeah, of trust. Yeah, the people in your inner circle, um, they they have to realize that they can keep be free in their decision, and they can go for what they think is the best at the moment. Um, if if they have fear to do the wrong things, it's it's a bad attitude. So you have to to work on your leadership as a coach that your inner circle knows that you trust them you trust them even when you you're not involved in in a communication with a girl or players and analysis for example you trust them they do their best um and they make mistakes as well of course but i i can handle that and i'm i'm okay with that um that's very important for me to have an inner circle of people um, who are not having fear um, to, to do mistakes and they are feeling free to, uh, to support you as a, as a head coach um, the best way they can. And that's, that's um, based on communication, of course. You have to communicate a lot. They have to uh, get to know you. They, they, they have to uh, realize how you want to work as a coach, how you're, you're, you're thinking about um, uh, certain subjects and then they, they try to do their best to to support you and um, for this reason it's important for us as coaches not uh, to have the um not to think to be in every single um subject be involved you have to you know what i mean i can't express it that
0: yeah i do no i get it. i'm going to jump in it's sort of you're saying um just for listeners it's more fritzy doesn't have to impart in every decision of exactly. every let's say the goki keeping coach yes. the assistant yeah. coach decisions or um the fitness coaches decisions it's having that trust where they can make the decisions and then whatever the result is it is and if it's a, a great result it's a whole team effort and this is my next point how important is a team culture where it's people can be free with their actions but everybody's on the same mental stability of like the goal or you know the big vision as the whole team does that sort of make sense because it's the same as a player right if if they feel constricted with let's say keep it simple a midfielder doing a through ball and then she does a mistake or he does a mistake because they overthink it they're not going to do it instinctively so you know is that the same sort of mentality that as you as a head coach you want people to make free decisions of course in a really authentic way, on and off the pitch, I think that's what definitely, I'm trying to say. It's been fascinating. Yeah. I'm enjoying this conversation. You're doing great.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. I, I'm not so happy with my English, but it, but but you are doing. You 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 will make a a good cat, I think. <laughs> that's okay. No, exactly. That's the point. So um, to 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 develop a culture. Um, for the players, for the staff, everything. It, this uh, we need a comfort zone for us. Um, it's a, it's like a bubble, yeah. And uh, especially the girls, they have so much pressure, and they're so um, so much afraid of doing mistakes and and uh, um, have to deal with with the pressure around them. Um, that's the reason why it's so important to to create a culture that they feel free. They, they can't feel free. They have so much pressure. They can't feel free, but. You can do um, give, giving, the, try to to give them a, a good uh, feeling that they know you support them. And if they are mi- happening mistakes, it's alright. We keep moving forward. I know what they can. I want to push them. I I, um, I believe in them in their in their development in in our um, in our mission. And that's a very very big aim for me as a coach, especially as a national coach, to to create this culture. Yeah.
0: So on that point, because you were the under-17s, how important is it to build that grounding so when they go through the ranks of ages and be in the actual national team, they're learning the lessons with you before they get there? Because really quick, I think you'll like this. Dr. Dave Aldred, who was on my show, he's a kicking coach for rugby with some of the mm-hmm. rug players, and he said, pressure, Ed, it really comes down to the consequences of the action. So if you jump over a puddle, the only thing is you're going to get wet if you in the middle but if you do it over two garages of six foot oh we've got a risk here because if i jump over i miss i'm going to break my leg but if you do it over a skyscraper well you know that's insane pressure and really that's how it is it's how we see the action with the consequence if we don't make it that's why i love your position as the under 17 coach and i'm going back to my question now and i love your thoughts on that analogy of metaphor the high jump but with regards to pressure with Young grassroots national players. It's so important to understand this grounding before they get to that national team from a pressure standpoint. I love your thoughts.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's that's a very good point. Because in this age, you learn it, and and if you're you're able to, to 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 struggle and realize to struggle and deal with that and get setbacks and get back and keep moving forward and believing in yourself, you will um, you will. Um, improve and 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 be on a better stability for for the future and that's um a very very um tough time for the girls because there's so many um influences in their environment and so many possibilities of setbacks it's it's as i mentioned it's a school yeah it's a lot of pressure in the school it's a lot of pressure in their environment in their club um in their fam- family situation they moved um normally um from, from home in a very very early age so um, that's it's a very good base for them to keep moving forward and to get the next level and the next level from under 17 is under 19 and then under 20 and the A national this is a big aim for every every single girl of my team but it's a long way and and now they are creating the base for that and as you mentioned that was a good um, example yeah uh, to to um, to to deal with that and and uh, keep moving forward yeah And with regards
0: to, this is really important. I want to get to today's podcast topic. I want to talk about mental stability because with regards to players, there's the physical side, keeping fit, keeping, you know, having the fitness side, but really now with these grassroots, how important is that mentality of the mental side of the game? I love your thoughts on that because for me on and off the pitch, not just when they're playing football, but also off the pitch of having that good, Mentality from a mindset perspective. How big is that, in your opinion, to being a professional footballer?
1: It's very important. Yeah, that's um, maybe it's the the most important thing beside the physical and the technical st- uh, side. Because if you are in the highest level, every everyone has talent. Yeah, there's there's no untalented girl or or, or boy in in the men's side. So. Um, I would say it's the, the most important thing to work on your mental stability um, and you can't start with that too early. You can, I think you can start with that uh, and in the age of 12 or 13 to, to get um, certain tools to, to work on that, to uh, reflect yourself, to get aims and learnings how to, to handle setbacks, how to um, struggle with things and deal with things. And that's the reason why we we have a big focus on this topic. We have a psychologist on our team and our staff team. She's always with us. And in between the, the training camps, she, she is uh, there for the girls. They can call her. They can uh, keep in touch with her and um, talk to her as much as they, they want and need to. And she does a lot of cool workshops uh, with the big group um sometimes only with a few girls sometimes with sing- single girls how to 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 get along with uh problems in their life uh, not only on the on the on the pitch but also off the pitch and that's very important for us because we are we are yeah we are a team of 24 girls and every single twin, uh, every single girl has their own perspective and their own problems and their own uh, things um where they have to deal with and and that's the reason why I'm very happy to have this girl in in our staff team yeah
0: Alvin just has your psychologist supported you as head coach
1: she is uh, for me as a head coach she she gives me adva- advices and um uh, meetings with girls and she was with uh, with us in the meeting after the afterwards she said she reflects me and give me some points of um, yeah improvements uh stuff like that um Beside that, I can call her as well whenever I want and I uh, can discuss problems with the girls, with uh, coaches or or, uh, surroundings uh, uh, of the girls. And that's very important for me because I have to deal with that as well. So for the coach is very, very important. So I'm happy to have this coach in my team, in my inner circle. Um, But beside that, I have a coach um, who I'm working with now for over five years who is out of the bubble and um, uh, reflects and helps me a lot and develops a lot of um, things with me um, concerning my leadership my, my 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 own perspective my self-management and that's very important for me yeah
0: uh, yeah you said leadership quite a lot on this conversation may I ask what area of leadership you're trying to improve with regards to your own self-development i'm really curious on this point
1: yeah well, that that's a topic for our own top uh, for our own uh, show <laughs> for our own podcast, I guess, because um, it's very very um, big topic for me, yeah, deep uh, topic, which I'm working a lot with. Um, I try to to say the right words. I'm working especially for me as a coach with the topics um, self management, um, getting a structure in my daily business. That's not that easy as a coach, especially as a national coach, you have your camps, you have your tournaments, you have your scoutings, but in between, there is no really structure and you can deal with that on your own, that's, I think it's an advantage, but you have to deal with that, you have to get a structure in that. Um, you have to get a structure in your work life balance as well um, that's not that easy as a coach could be worse i would say these are the main topics as well as of course um say it in english um, the topics of uh, reflection self-reflection yeah um then the topics of uh, communication yeah that's it's so so important to always um yeah, improve your communication never stop thinking about what what did you what went wrong what what can you improve on your um, communication uh being a feedback guy yeah, think about your feedback how how do you get feedback how do you give feedback um sometimes you as a coach you like to give good feedback and you avoid the uh negative yeah the negative feedback hard
0: conversations the hard i think brand it's a hard hard conversation
1: it's just human to avoid them yeah but it, it yeah it doesn't make any sense because everyone needs his feedback and they they don't need only good feedback they if they are not in the squad they they have to know why and you have to talk to your girls and to your players even if it's not that comfortable and if it's not these cool messages you have for them, so that is that. That is a big, big uh, point for me to work on. That point communication, um, giving and getting feedback. Be open for critical feedback as well um, of your inner circle. That's a very important um, um, topic for me as well. Being open for critical feedback of your um, out, uh, uh, not your only your inner circle, so as well as your coaches, coach to coach and. Uh, your psychologist. Um, these are the main, yeah, things I would say. I'm I'm working in a daily routine routine with that. Yeah,
0: awesome. And I, again, I hope people are taking notes on that because I, even for me, it's not just coaching. It's actually any area of the sports industry. It's just having that controllability in what we're doing. This is my next question? How, and you've mentioned it right from the get go. You said coaching is a like ongoing. It's like 24 hours. How do you switch off? Now, I know on Instagram you're big on going to a coffee house and getting a nice coffee. Like, is that a way for you to switch off and not think about football at all? Like, I'm curious in that because I know we've got to work hard, but sometimes we've got to find that piece of, you know, clarity in who we are as human beings. So I'm intrigued how you switch off. And if if it's having a coffee, please share if that is an example. I'm just, I see a lot of coffee images. That's why I ask.
1: <laughs> i'm sorry for that ed uh, coffee is my i'm addicted to coffee so uh, that's that's uh, unfortunately not the point when i can switch off it's uh i i combine that so often to, to talk to people and drinking a coffee um but but you're right when i drink a really good coffee i'm only with the coffee, the coffee and me. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my, my favorite things I do in uh, daily daily business. No, to be honest, um, that's a very very big challenge for me as a coach to to switch off and to say now I'm um, my mobile is switched off. I don't like to to switch my mobile off, but my psychologist always. Give me that advice to say, it's Sunday, cool down. It's not that easy because, you know, on on weekend, there are games, there are matches I'm scouting. And so you don't have these, fee- these free weekends, these free Sundays. But I try to do my best on this um, point because it's very, very important for all of us uh, doesn't um play uh, it, it doesn't uh, matter if you are a coach or 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 mom or something like that or in a, in a in a other daily business you have to keep the balance because if you're struggling too much um, and haven't uh, too less time for your own for your mind for your body for everything for your relationships Um, it will kill you, yeah, (laughs) it will kill you. I know
0: you're right. I think having, particularly on the digital side, having a digital detox, like a little rule of thumb, people from me, normally Sundays, I I don't post anything, uh, unless oh, I've really? scheduled it, I, I try and like. I know you we connect on Instagram, but really, you see most Sundays I don't put any posts, um, and that's a way to just switch off the phone. And and you say it's not just for being a coach. As I think anybody in the sports industry, it's such a big machine. The sports industry, it's all something's going on in this world Always. of sport, and sometimes it's just like the um, we got to get our minds just to adjust our own environment than the digital environment so so out of interest how do you switch off i know you you switch off your phone but how do you switch off not being a coach if you can i know that's hard but i think this is such an important point
1: definitely and you have to do this um not by accident so you have to to plan this and say now the next four or five hours i switch off and i tried to do this um a few years ago i started because i i learned that um I, I need the balance as well as every every single uh, person we need us. Otherwise we get killed and and uh, uh, we have the load for 30 uh, um, days in a month uh, being on a high level. So uh, I try to, to plan these times. Sometimes these are only gaps of two or three hours. Sometimes it's just for a run. It's just going out in the forest and run. And I love running without mobile. So I'm always... Uh, struggling and get stressed from from my mom she is always saying you can't get (laughs) in the forest running in the forest without a mobile but i say i i I need this time without my mobile i'm so feeling free i'm so feeling um comfortable being without a mobile and and uh, not being um reachable for for anyone so um i try to plan this this period for example, today I, I have a period of uh, five six hours when I m- meet friends and go out and um, yeah try to switch off and trying to 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 be not a coach for five or six hours. Yeah,
0: yeah. So not being Fritzy the coach, but Fritzy the friend, basically the friend, exactly. from this from the, the social a, f- social yeah, channels. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Look, I really do hope people are taking notes because this is so important. And look, out of interest, Fritzy, what have you enjoyed the most from your coaching career journey? Out of interest.
1: i enjoyed the most wow as as a certain um a certain uh game or or you mean something in between no the whole everything the whole wow i would say i would give you two answers the one thing is maybe the 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 biggest thing i enjoyed enjoyed a lot as a as a coach i would say as an assistant coach when we went to the world cup and 2018 with the under 17 girls and we had the first game against North Korea and they were the former uh, world cup winner uh, two years ago as we uh, saw the the final draw and first game against North Korea everyone was thinking oh we won't have any chance to play against them they are like machines and Um, we won't have any chance and we went in this game was so so great experience for me so we were so much uh, prepared so good prepared we had a a friendly game in Germany in preparation of this situation and we played against boys and the coach of the boys was in my uh, education um, uh, course a few years ago and I was talking to him and and I was uh, giving him advice to be, be in the position of North Korea I said, please play like this, do like this, do tactical stuff like this, just be North Korea, these 80 minutes. And he said, we don't do it like that, playing a, a, complete, a completely different um, system. Um, and I said, please help us just play these 80 minutes uh, and, and, and we get a, a very good preparation for, for our first game at the uh, World Cup in uh, Uruguay. And that was so cool, and that um, the girls liked it. That they liked the preparation. They liked the, the 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 boys played it, and and the whole the whole preparation of this game. And we won the game four one in in yeah in, in Uruguay, and it was so such a cool experience. The girls were so happy, and they were so happy because they knew that it was all about mentality. It was all about preparation. It was all about. Uh, self-confident knowing what's your game plan knowing what you can do and know what you can't do and and you know what expectation is about the game that was great experience for me i would say the the one of the most um happiest moments as as, as a uh, coach coach life yeah in my coach life um and the second thing is um, when you ask about the the most uh um um how, how did you express this the most
0: what I've enjoyed the most and enjoyed
1: enjoy what I enjoyed the most I have to say my answer is I enjoy the most that I'm dealing every day with so many and so different and so good people that's uh, what enjoying the most definitely one of the most reason I'm I'm so happy to, I would say I'm so happy to be to be a coach yeah
0: what a wonderful answer and my final one is an inspirational question and you've given bags of examples we've digged deep from certain topics but if you had to round up in your opinion just for the listeners who want to start coaching in not just football but in any sports what are the three top qualities from your experience that have supported you by being a coach what would those three qualities be?
1: Very good question, I would say um, the most important three qualities for me are communication uh, empathy empathy is, is such an important attitude for us as a coach because we are dealing with different people with different opinions, characters uh, their own yeah their own perspective of of uh, their aims and everything, and that's the reason why we have to listen to our players we have to Uh, have um, situations when we lean back and just uh, listen and observe and with this attitude you you can be able to get their perspective of you to understand them and if you have if you want to um, lead them for high level and and for 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 very good um, performance you have to no, you need this empathy. Otherwise, you 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 won't get into in, into high level. I, I'm I'm sure that the last 10 percentage, it's about uh, dealing with um with with people on the human on the human base, and that's um, definitely combined with uh, very very high empathy. And the third, I would say, it's dealing with. Setbacks and keep moving forward.
0: Awesome. I hope the listeners are taking all those three qualities and I hope they help you with regards to your coaching moving forward. Out of interest, fritzy how can people interact with you online?
1: The best way would be um Instagram or Facebook, guys I think. Yeah.
0: Awesome. To all the listeners listening in, the Instagram, the Facebook link will be on my website with regards to this podcast. Fritzi, it's been such a joy chatting with you today. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Ed, for having me. It was a great honor. All the best for you. Keep moving forward, yeah?
0: Wow, what a wunderbar podcast chat with Fritzi. And if you don't know what wunderbar means, it means wonderful in German. My goodness, what a great conversation with Fritzi. It's these podcast chats that get me excited. And without a doubt, I will have to re-listen to this podcast and take some more notes. Because... If you listen behind the scenes, this podcast, what Fritz was sharing as a head coach, the same similar topics can be applied in the business world with regards to reflection, leadership, the ability to make effective decisions in a team. All those elements are applicable or transferable, I should say. But from a football coaching perspective, I hope you've got a better understanding. The segment I enjoyed from this conversation when Fritzy was nicely sharing about her decision making, having a great inner circle with her assistant coaches, her psychologist that helps the team and her. All those components are like little jigsaw puzzles of what it takes to have a great team culture in a football team environment. Like This is what I really enjoyed the most and I hope you learned a lot from that segment too. But also, this is really important, I want to emphasise this again, if you want to get into coaching, I think it's important for me to emphasise Fritzy's career tip is not going for that head coaching decision right from the get-go, build the reps, build those experiences because just to prove my point, right at the end, Fritz was sharing that great experience when they played North Korea and she was an assistant coach at the time, I bet you that experience has supported her to where she is now as a head coach and without her experience she wouldn't be where she is today so i hope again this conversation this podcast can be used as a tool for you which you can apply to your coaching career development but overall I'm super grateful for Fritzy sharing the behind the scenes of being a head coach. But please let me know your biggest takeaway. My Twitter handle is edbowers 101 I want to hear your biggest takeaway, which you will apply and put into action. That's the most important, is putting something you've heard today into action with regards to your career development. So on that note, I look forward to hearing you. Yes, I mean you on Twitter. And most importantly, take action with that career guidance advice with regards to your sports career development now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Fritzy said, to be a great football coach, you need to develop your communication skills, have empathy with your players and inner circle, and most importantly, learn to deal with setbacks on and off the pitch.